Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 22. It's the second parallel numbers edition, as if that means anything at all. I, I got nothing. Yeah, neither do I. I don't even know why I said it. <laughs> so your lost and confused host for the day are Chris and... Savannah. Yep, nothing's ever changed. We're still lost, still confused, still the hosts of this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, rate, comment, all those things to do because we're trying to build a musical community. We want you to be a part of it. So by all means, those things will help and your name will be in big bright lights. Maybe asterisk next to that. <laughs> Excellent. But if you're sensitive to flashing lights, let us know and we'll, we'll turn it down a little. We'll just throw confetti or something like that. Yeah. Something yeah, a little, little easier. Kazoos. A little noisy, but I think it's still appreciated. <laughs> so if you've been here before you've seen the previous episodes you know what we do so hello welcome back glad you decided to join us again hope you have as much fun this time as you did last time but if you're new here welcome we hope you enjoy your stay have fun with the podcast and we hope that you like this album and this episode enough to come back next time so if you're new here that means you don't know what we do on this podcast or you might have a glimpse of an idea you know rate the record but each <laughs> week savannah and i will choose an album be it completely at random special anniversary album or even fans choice which we've done a couple already regardless we would take an album discuss it at length we rank the songs and then we rate the record the whole quotation thing from earlier you know what you're sick of you're sick of my joke about the laughter and the cheer so that's it. I've I've lost hope. I was more sick of the the whole idea that you're just like we rate records on rate the record. You know, I'm just gonna let that die and resurrect it every so often. Like, like oh, that's what we're doing. You're like, case founded. This is literally episode 120. So if you could calm down, that'd be great. And it gets so out of control that the joke comes up halfway through an episode. Like, I'll be talking about a song and be like, we're rating a record? It's just like, and I, I just sit there in stunned silence. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Who are you? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think I'd have to kill you at that point. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of killing you, uh, that's something we don't want to do on the show and do with each other, like everyone listening, including ourselves. So just make sure we're all on the same page and cool with things. I like that transition, by the way. It was uh, we, like, we like to read a little bit of a disclaimer to make sure, once again, that we're all cool with each other. Even if our opinions differ, we, we, we want to just have fun talking about listening to, discussing music. So Savannah will read it this week, as <laughs> I did last time. Let's hear it. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. There we go. <sighs> Didn't fumble once. So proud of myself. It, it feels weird every week that I have. To, oh, I, I try to figure out some like new moving actions to do in the background. <laughs> they all end up being relatively the same, but whatever. I have fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Got to keep myself preoccupied. So somehow. And the point was made. Don't be it a dick. Was. <laughs> that is like the big bold capital. I'm going to get that like on a big wooden plaque <laughs> behind me. Don't be a dick. Yep. All right, so yes, episode 22 today, and we are talking about Animals as Leaders and their self-titled album, if you couldn't tell from the title of the episode already. Uh, and this is another album that I've been... This, By the way, yes, this is my choice this week, and uh, I've been waiting to do this one for a while, but patient enough to hold it off for this long, but we are finally here. Um, Animals as Leaders is 
not like the most well-known band. They're more like an underground thing, but uh, after today, they might just be your favorite band. We'll see. But Animals as Leaders is a progressive metal band formed in 2007 out of Washington, D.C. The band consists of founder of the band uh, Animals as Leaders founder and guitarist Tosin Abasi, or Tosin Abasi, I should say. I, I always forget how to pronounce his name properly. Guitarist Javier Raves and drummer Matt Gar- Garstka. That's a weird name to say, too. Raves and Garstka <laughs> were later additions to the band as Animals originally started as just Abasi. After parting ways with his former band Reflux, Abasi started to make music on his own. Raves and the first drummer, Matt Halpam, became touring members just prior to the release of the first album, but Halpam would be replaced by Naveen Koppenwise, and Koppenwise would eventually be replaced by Grostka in 2012. Like a lot of very long what? names here. Yeah, what names? Jeez. But uh, most people remember Naveen because he was like the, a member for like the longest time up until Grostka. Uh, the additional <laughs> members would become full members following the release of this first album and would appear on every release since. So today's album, the self-titled Animals as Leaders album, was released in 2009, April, and released through Prosthetic Records. Abasi did the vast majority of guitar and bass work on the album, and engineer Misha Mansour of the band Periphery did much of the synth work and drum programming. The album was given 9.5 out of 10 stars by Rock Sound, who compared the album to the works of Dream Theater, Porcupine Tree, 65 Days of Static, and Meshuggah, two callbacks there for previous episodes we've done uh metalsucks.net named the album the 12th best album of 2009 the album didn't technically have any singles though a video for the track kafo was released kafo kafo i don't know i've always called it kafo though that that's how i was thinking it when i was reading it so because i think of guitar capo yeah people still say capo on that too so i don't know whatever you know what the song is that's the important part so there you go, introduction to the album, which means it's time to get into talking about the album itself. <laughs> so let's start with track number one, Tempting Time. Okay, so I just gotta, I guess, preface this with, um, I had never heard Animals as Leaders at all. Um, my partner would say that I would like them, I would like them, but me being the stuck-in-her-ways woman I am, I Stubborn. will Stubborn. I will <laughs> stuck in her ways. I will only I pretty much just listen to what I'm familiar with. And it's hard to get me to listen to new stuff. So I'm thankful for this show. Says the co-host of this show. Exactly. That, that, it's it's helping. It is helping. Good. So this is all brand new to my ears. And um, I I wasn't sure where it was going to go at the beginning. And when you're listening or when I'm listening to something, it's kind of like I compare it to something familiar. So I listen to, you know, four bars of something and my brain's like, oh, something else is supposed to come in or I'm expecting something. And at the beginning of the song, I wasn't disappointed. I was like, oh, this is where this starts. And then it did. And I was like, oh, this is comfortable. I like <laughs> I like this already. So I I sat there with my eyes like wide open for the like for the first time. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. You just so. traveled through hyperspace, like in a moment's notice. <laughs> Pretty much, like I had an automatic facelift. It was just pff, pushed me right back there. Um, so at the beginning, I guess under the main guitar riff, and I guess another uh, disclaimer preface. As I said in the the disclaimer, I am not a musician, and any of my descriptions might be vague as hell because I have absolutely no idea how to describe anything. So I'm a musician; you, I barely know either. <laughs> use your imagination, I guess. 
Um, at the beginning, under the main guitar riff, there is another riff just sort of scaling. And I, I like that. I, I don't know if I'd like it as much if it was more in the foreground, but having two guitar layers where one's just sort of going up and down the fretboard, then the other one's actually taking center stage. I like that. That was nice. So. Glad you had a fun time with this song, because, uh, yeah. yeah, this is one of the ones I also uh, really enjoy. I mean, spoiler alert, I enjoy every song on this album. This is another one of those albums where I don't think I hate any of them, but obviously one has to be rated lower than the other type thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's been nice considering the last few albums we've done are like C and D tier albums. So the, the fact that we're doing something that I really, truly enjoy brings that back for me now yeah yeah that's nice but yeah this is quite literally a fantastic start to the album uh like you have these like quiet filtered drums and some clean guitar to get everything started it rolls out slowly until the quick paced super low guitars come bursting in like i thought that was really great uh the sweeps almost immediately after you uh, like afterwards let you know that you're kind of on a ride for this album kind of gives you an idea of what to expect because mm-hmm. trust me, this isn't the last time you hear things like this. Yeah. Um, there isn't one part that's uh, hung on to for very long in this track, but you kind of like just get enough of everything going on that you really appreciate everything that you are hearing. Like, yeah, certain parts of the song come back every once in a while, but I mean, overall, it is just like these quick portions of like, here's this part, here's this part, here's this part. And that's the thing about an instrumental album too, by the way, if, yeah, if I don't, I don't know if we mentioned it, this is an instrumental album, no vocals, no lyrics. So sorry for those uh, lyrical breakdown fans. All, all every episode we do. Oh, shucks. <laughs> um, so it's hard to, it's hard to decipher if like something is a verse or a chorus, or I just, sometimes I'll call it like section or portions of songs yeah. because like, that's just the best way I can describe it. Um, at one point, uh, the softer bridge that leads to the first solo is really pretty. I like that, like a nice little settle down point for just a moment. It's fine. It's good. But even when it gets heavy with the solo again, it still feels very fitting. The emotion and energy is all there and it fits so well. So I was really happy about that. So uh, the middle portion with the tap guitar and the synth sequencing is really hypnotizing. Really well done. It sounds fantastic. Uh, these blazing fast hi-hats come in with these like long drawn out guitar notes and there's really just a lot happening all together. And that's why like I'm saying so many notes as it is right now. Cause even without lyrics or vocals, there is so much going on oh my God, yes. in this music. Like you have to listen to like one song like, three or four times to even get the basic idea of it. Oh yeah. And it, it's hard for me at least because sometimes as I've said in like prior episodes, that uh, sometimes the vocals and lyrics take away from the music, but I find when I'm just listening to an instrumental, there for me, there's no sort of benchmarks to sort of go off on where, oh, at the end of this noticeable verse, I can, you know, say I like this portion of the song because so much of an instrumental isn't really following a verse chorus kind of situation. It's just sort of it's a free for all. It's a, it's a sandbox game. <laughs> and that's going to be the challenge is. of re- like reviewing this yeah. type of album too, is cause like, yeah, you have to look at it a new way now cause it's going to be structured very differently. If, if this song was structured or if this album was structured like a verse course, first course type deal, just minus the vocals, it would yeah. probably be just really awkward and like it feel very incomplete. Yeah. Just, but, just follow the, uh, 
follow the vocal melody with a guitar solo the entire time. Fine. Maybe that that could get a little uh, irritating after a while, <laughs> depending on how it's done. Yeah, fair. Um, and the only real note I have after that is that the entirety of the last minutes or like the last minute or so of this song is like a masterpiece. I think everything about it sounds so fantastic. It's built up so well, a lot going on. And then like the very uh, heavy kind of like demented ending there, just with like that, that weird, like dissonant chord. I thought that's really cool. And then the final notes, like a really good release on that. So just a really great track overall. Um, now. I'm not 100% because I know that you can sort of modulate sounds and, you know, guitars can sound like synths and all that. So I have no idea what I'm listening to most of the time, but it kind of sounded like a Jordan Rudis keyboard around like, I would say three and a half to four minutes around there, roughly. Um, after a little bit, I was kind of like, okay, can we move on, please? But it might just be because I've heard that so much listening to Dream Theater that I'm like, stop, <laughs> I don't want that anymore. I think stop it was a mix. It. Of, I, like, I think I know what you're talking about. I think it's a mix yeah. of synth and tapped guitar. Okay, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's built on a guitar rip, but then just with some sequencing behind it. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that was okay, but everything around that was thumbs up. And I'll say this one note too, kind of goes for the entire album. My biggest gripe with the album as a whole is uh, the very heavy compression on the drums. That's more of a production note. Uh, but I don't know, something about it like feels like there's some full blast drums going on, but like it's obviously being like just kind of cut off. I, it's hard to explain what compression yeah. really sounds like. But if you know, you know, and especially to anyone out there listening, if you know, you know. Uh, but just, I don't know, the drums kind of bother me, like the tone of it. The like, drumming, the drumming on it, it's pro, it's all programmed. It's not real, but the I think it's still programmed fantastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the sound of it bothers me sometimes, and that's that's a note for the entire album. Fair enough. Okay, so track number two, Soraya or Soraya, I, I probably Soraya though, I guess. Um, I thought this was an interesting come down from the first track, since Tempting Time was like blistering. Um, a lot of like jazzy tap notes and chords kind of still carry a lot of energy, just not as intensely as the previous track, obviously. Yeah. I saw you laughing about something. Oh, yeah, because every time you say something that is related to a note I make, it just makes me laugh because I'm like, yes, I'm on the right track. Just my first note says sounds kind of jazzy. <laughs> oh, very jazzy. So there's, like, yeah, there's, so like there's a lot of jazzy moments in this album. Yeah. Well, what a, a lot of good uh, prog metal is usually based on anyway. Yeah, fair. Um, there are a lot of pretty moments in this track, too, especially with, like, you know, clean guitars being matched with these kind of, like, airy, atmospheric, uh, like, synths that are kind of flowing around in the background. So that's really pretty to listen to. I like it. It's it's soothing, but again, still energetic. Um, I feel like the song is easier to kind of grab onto as compared to Tempting Time, mm-hmm. but it isn't as exciting. Um, that's not to say that the song doesn't work, because it very much does, but just... You you have to be prepared to go from one extreme to the next, although I wouldn't really call this one, like, an opposite, but, like, it is definitely not as intense as Tempting Time. Yeah, just, like, and, the vibe it gives you. And, yeah, you're going to get a lot of these bouncing feelings back and forth through the entire album. Some songs are going to be super heavy. Some of them are going to be really soft and pretty. Like, this album has a big mix. Yeah. And then just my final point, uh, part of it feels, parts of this song feel slightly repetitive and, like, it feels like a lot of just background beds that are just kind of like looping over and over again. It's still nice, but yeah, just it started to feel repetitive before too long. 
the beginning, I was disappointed when the guitar ended because I liked it sort of dancing with the bass. That was pleasing. Um, I, I always hate when the part that I really like is like the shortest section of the song that drives me crazy. Cause all I want to do is just play that, that five seconds on loop. Um, I did put in complete capitals. There's so much going on. <laughs> and uh, like you said, there's going to be so much going on from here on out. Um, but I do wonder that when writing a song like this, if the music comes as one cohesive piece, if that's what they hear, or if it's sort of a bunch of ideas that they have to meld and fit together. Because I'm always, I'm always curious about songs like this, because there is so much going on. Well, I know that Tosin has a musical education, so he probably has like the, you know, the big brain capacity to uh, be able to write things like this kind of fluently, I guess. I mean... But yeah, it is possible that they're kind of like throwing chunks together and just seeing what fits. It's like, oh, this this sounds like it's going to. This sounds like it's going to. So let's try this one first. Let's try this one second. Yeah. Like, that, that's possible. Yeah. My I, smooth brain cannot figure out. Especially just it was just him and his engineers. So, I mean, like you got to figure out what the songwriting process was like as compared to now. And pretty much ever since their second album, there's now three musicians in the studio. So, like, it's all equally kind of like passed off and. Probably yeah. easier to construct, I guess. Yeah, more uh, more ideas, more coming to the table and such. So, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, the uh, I noticed that the bass sort of was a little repetitive, but it sort of sa- started sounding like an insect, where it just sort of was underneath everything, and it was just continuing continuously going as the guitar was changing. So. And yeah, that could also just be the eight string guitar itself, too, because he plays with a very low bass end on his guitar. The actual bass guitar is actually very quiet under the music, very buried. I think it's just there for the sake of hearing bass, like rather than hearing the tone of it. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, any like prominent, like low end bass, you're probably just hearing him play that on the eight string. Feel free to correct me the next 10 songs then, because chances are I'm talking about that. No problem. <laughs> I'll just assume whenever you're talking about the bass, you're talking about like the low end. I think because like the lowest string on a like an eight string, I believe, is a B string, but he could be tuning it down to like an A, like mm-hmm. something just incredibly low. I mean, it's metal. Why not? You, you strum <laughs> it and it's just flapping around. It's not tight at all. Oh, I mean, I, I've I've done that. I've <laughs> I have a standard guitar that I it's tuned to like D, which is like. E standard's like the normal guitar. D is like a step down, and then C is like even lower. Yeah. But like, and that kind of has a loose string feel to it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Very strange. All right, song number three, Thoroughly at Home. The guitar on the drums sounds so disjointed at the beginning. It's like, I I feel like I should have expected it, but I didn't. Um I it did kind of sort itself out about halfway in, which was good because I think my brain is just you want four four, you want something recognizable, you want a beat to latch on to. And when I'm trying to grab at them and they're disappearing as I'm trying to grab them, I'm like, where is the beat? I'm confused. Yeah, you're not a very big fan of polyrhythms, are you? <laughs> um, I think I am, but it's like there has to be something that's playing relatively steady or at least predictable. Like it could be a awkward time signature, awkward beat, whatever, but as long as it's predictable, but I found 
some of this was hard for me to latch on to. Like I said, smooth brain. Um, yeah, uh, the last half is giving me less technical dream theater wankery vibes, where it's just how many notes can I play right now? So, yeah, it, it had moments like that, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, this, uh, yeah, again, in the beginning, it's another super fast, like berserk riff to kick off a song. So, again, you mm-hmm. went from like Soroya, uh, Soroya being like slightly mild ish. This still had intense moments. But yeah, then Thoroughly at Home just kind of kicks it right back up, like kind of like Tempting Time did. Yeah. Um, there's like a layering and like layer layering there, I can say it, and wall of sound feeling to this track. And I think it works really well. Just like considering like again, it's just synths, a very quiet bass, layering of guitars and drums, and they just still make it sound like this entire gigantic production. So I think that's really cool. And the drum spread is great, especially if you're listening to the headphones. You can hear mm-hmm. it like from the very tiptoe end of this one all the way over to here. Like it just it sounds like a the widest drum set in the world. Oh yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I love how the drum beat goes into like a halftime feel while some of the riffs kind of still just play super fast. I I Mm -hmm. love that kind of like a counterbalance there to the sound where it's like you're moving fast here, but this one's going slow. Always a fan of stuff like that. Um, The section heading into the middle with the insanely heavy and jazzy chords are like a musical orgasm. I, 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 I fucking love those parts so much. They sound yeah. amazing. Uh, there's like a wailing guitar or synth reverb behind that portion too, which is also a really nice touch. It's quieter, but if you listen close enough, you can hear it. It's in, I think it adds a lot to the track. And then just like, yeah, the, the, there's this like twin guitar and synth solo that sounds pretty cool. They're pretty much like playing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. It adds a lot sonically to the riff. So yeah. kudos on that. Yeah, not, just another solid track. Um, now, again, I don't know if it's the bass, guitar, whatnot, but what the song ends on, it touches upon what had come maybe middle of the song. It kind of sounds just like a sort of bass solo or just sort of where everything else quiets down and it's just that heavy sound i guess the Uh, low-end guitar yeah yeah i like that it was featured in the middle maybe yeah second second third of that's where the super low heavy jazzy chords come in like just prior to that is that clean low-end guitar yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and then they touched upon it again at the very end i like that callback i'm always pleased with that where it just sort of like, hey, remember this? This sounded cool. I'll give it to you again. Then the song ended. So that was my favorite part is listening to that. I feel like that particular riff with that like clean guitar was probably like the second riff written for the the song. I, I, I guarantee the first one's obviously the opening riff. It's probably what the idea was to start the song off with. And then as they were writing, Tosin was probably just playing with something else and kind of fit it in. And it was that clean tone. Like, yeah, I, again, I don't know how he writes. I don't know the structuring yeah. of the songs, but this is just what I imagine. Wakes up in the middle of the night. He's like, oh, I have an idea. And he just sleeps at the studio. Isn't that what uh, Paul McCartney did for uh, the song yesterday? He, no he, idea. Like, he like dreamed the song or something like that. So he woke up and immediately tried to start writing it. Oh, dang. I've I've honestly fallen asleep with songs in my head. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, I'll remember this. This is so good. I've lost at least four songs. I have absolutely no idea what they sound like. Yeah, and <sighs> especially as for me as a musician when that happens, and it's like that sounded really cool, and I don't remember it now. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> uh, all I remember is being very pleased with myself in my dream, and it sounded cool, but now I couldn't even hum the first note. Yeah. Oh, it's tragic. 
Alrighty then, I guess we can move on. Mm-hmm. So song number four, On Impulse. Um, a very pretty and clean start to this track. Uh, it it kind of feels appreciated after having two very intense songs, not back to back, but pretty close to each other. So it's another interesting choice for a come down moment. The delay and reverb behind everything behind it blends well with the like ambient and light breezy synths kind of just kind of flowing behind it. Mm-hmm. Sounds really pretty. I like that. Uh, the scattering of the digital drums that kind of start kicking in. I thought that was a really cool effect. It adds a lot to the atmosphere. And like, I love the riff of the, the first round of heavy distorted guitars that kind of come in portion of the way through the song. And I have a hard time counting things that are also not four, four or like something (laughs) four. Like I can usually count in fours. This one's in seven, eight and this particular riff. So I don't know about the rest of the song, but I was counting that. So I'm proud of myself for catching it. Nice. Uh, this song sounds like something I, for the most part, already listened to. So that was cool. Um, I like the tone of the solo around three minute 30. Uh, I like when you can tell solo notes apart and they don't just sound like how much can I fit into this? So that was pleasing to me. Um, so I don't know if it's a keyboard or if it's guitar or what it is. But it's being played under the lead around five minutes, five, ten or so. And it comes to the forefront about 30, 20, 30 seconds later. That's my favorite part. Now, I have no other way to describe it other than it is five minutes and about 30 seconds into the song. I think it's another one of those things where it's like a a synth and guitar combined. Because there is a guitar I can hear, but then it also has like qualities of a synth to it. So that's very possible. That happens a lot in this album. So you're probably hearing that. I I definitely, it does have some synth qualities, but it's, they're sort of sustained chords or notes. And it's just, it adds like this mystical feeling to it. And that definitely my favorite part of the song. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I know what you're talking about. So that's, yeah, again, I think it's just like dual guitar and synth, like just twinning. Yeah, I heard that and I was like, I want more of that. But this being a uh, just over six minute song, why are the things I like coming so close to the end? And they're so short. <laughs> Give me the whole song. I want six minutes of that. <laughs> oh, I think you'd hate it before too long. <laughs> uh, it would sound like the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was just going to say that you made a note about the solo, too. Like, I, yeah, the sound of it was really good, too. The solo is just crazy altogether. But um, I love the work of the drums and the quieter, clean guitars behind it uh, in the background. It's it complements everything very well, and so it feels well suited while the solo is kind of doing its own thing. Um, and there are so many layers in this track. You could probably say that for any track on this album. Um, mm. I think more than I noticed previously, to be honest. And I mean, so there's a lot to take in. And so listening to the song critically, I was able to kind of like experience more of it than I'm usually used to. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been listening to this album for years, like nearly a decade, uh, and still discovering new things because again there's just a lot going on oh yeah i don't know how i feel about like the i don't know electronics part the glitchy sort of i don't know industrial drum sound i'm not i think it's kind of drum and bass based Yeah. (laughs) yeah i i don't know how i feel about that um not just particularly in this but just grand scheme of things so that's just personal preference that's really the only uh, the only gripe 
that I have with that one. I don't mind it so much. Uh, like it, it can be an interesting, interesting sound depending on how it's used. Yeah. Uh, not all the time, obviously, but like in this one, it's fine because it's kind of so scattered, and it, like it's not super present in the album. So like I like yeah. when it happens because it just feels like something a little like new and neat. If if I only heard it once, it would be okay. But I've heard it. I heard it more than once, so I shake my fist. That's unfortunate. Yes. All right. So song number five, Tessitura or Tessitura. I'm not sur- certain how to pronounce that, but I've been calling it Tessitura my entire not life, but the last decade I've been listening to this album. So there's yeah. not a. Ho- I was gonna say there's not a whole lot to say about yeah. this one. It is a small little <laughs> interlude, but it feels like the appropriate time to have this interlude because it feels like the time when you like flip record over to side B type thing. Yeah. Uh, there's nice layering. The riffs are super nice. It sounds a little mysterious, which I think is is nice. And I keep saying nice. I I need like a, a thesaurus or something. Yeah. But even as an interlude, there is kind of a lot being brought into this little track, so I can appreciate that it's not just like flip over to side B. It's like have fun flipping over to side B. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I like this one. It's nice. Um, to me, it kind of sounded like... I a, said nice again. Like, <laughs> it is fantastical. Um, it sounds like a gear check before recording, where it's just everybody just sort of jams and plays something. So that that was kind of cool. Um, my, my hands hurt just listening to it, because I can just imagine just how large your hands must be to just do all of that. I'm like, holy crap. And the fact that it's an eight string guitar as well. So you I, have to stretch much further. Uh, yeah. I I'd like to, well, I'm not that I'd like to think, but I'm pretty sure I got some pretty large hands and I, I don't think that I could you grab those a man hands. Ugh, I don't <laughs> think I could grab an eight in a, an eight string. So, but I can't really hate on something that's uh, a minute long. So it, it, felt to me like smelling coffee beans before buying a perfume, you know, kind of refresh yourself and then you dive right back into it with the next song. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said it's like a good time to flip over side B. Like, so it's, it's yeah. that, that moment that warns you is like, Hey, you got about one more minute before you have to stand up and change sides. <laughs> as soon as you hear the song start, you're like, oh, okay, I'll start getting up. Fine. Stretch a little bit. Get a drink of water. <laughs> so we flip over to side B and we go to no song number six, behaving badly. I feel like the beginning of this could be in a video game and it kind of reminds me of like bubbles popping. And I thought that was kind of cool. I just like see that. Yeah. I, I get a lot of imagery in my head. Um, when the, uh, when the guitar came in a little heavier about halfway through, I actually really enjoyed that, but then it went back to noodling higher up the fretboard. And that was, that was okay. I guess I, kind of want to hear it sort of deviate from just noodling that's kind of what it sounds like to me um but yeah it sounded very stable the whole song i did listen to this one a little bit more than the rest of the songs just to make sure because i don't want to you know hate on something the first or second listen and miss something but uh yeah this one didn't get me as much as the first couple at the beginning of the album that's fair enough, too. And I mean, going back to your opening point about just like having imagery created, I've always imagined like a pastel Aurora at the beginning of this song type thing. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. Just seeing interesting colors in my head if I just close my eyes and listen. That's the drugs. It very well might be. <laughs> it might be the parapet in the water. Call back to Nine Chanel Zero Zero. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is a very dreamlike opening. 
uh, to the song. I really like that because yeah, you have like these synths that kind of like slowly build in. You get those more of those uh, glitchy drums that you like so much. Mm, exciting. And then yeah, the, like there's there's like uh, the, the, the hi hats kick in. You hear guitar and auxiliary, like you hear a bit of auxiliary percussion in the background. I thought that was really nice to kind of build into the song. So it's a good start to side B. We're on we're on a good note here. Um, the softer strum guitars and the speed picking into the second section of the track is fantastic. It, it it's good at adding, adding uh, tension and intrigue. So I really appreciate those parts of the song. But yeah, the middle part does obviously change up as you were already mentioning. Yeah. To me, it didn't feel as inspired as it moved through, though. Like, it, it, not that it was like I was losing interest, but at the same time, it just it wasn't catching me as much as everything else has so far on this album. Um, the ending felt a little forced. It's not the worst I've ever heard, though. So I don't know. Just the first half of the track I felt was better than the second half because just there was a lot to me more intriguing things happening in the first, and then in the second half, it was just kind of like trying to find ways to end the track and then it just kind of ends so i mean yeah my 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 last point was just with one minute left i was really hoping something would elevate the song but it just like i said it was just kind of stable and just sort of rode it out yeah well that's behaving badly then so let's move on to lucky seven the price of everything and the value of nothing i'm gonna say real quick like i wonder if it goes into naming instrumental tracks because with like Song with vocals, yeah. you can obviously like name it something in the vo- like in the lyrics or something that the lyrics kind of match to. Granted, I've written some instrumental tracks and named them, and like I've had my own hard time naming them. But to to do like several albums of just naming instrumental tracks, yeah, I I definitely was thinking that. I think going through like Tessitura and um, In a Morata coming up, like it's like I wonder if that had come to them after the song was written or if the song was written as a representation of them knowing that's what the song was going to be called. Well, I, I can't speak for this album because I didn't read up on it, but for their second album, Weightless, I know a lot of the song titles came based on a book that Tosin was reading. Oh, okay. And actually the, the, the album Weightless, it's named after, a, I think... Sorry, I keep I keep hiccuping. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a chapter in the book, I think, or just a, a portion of the book that talks about certain things like that. But then, yeah, like every title is based on something in that book. Dang. So it might this might be one too, especially okay. with like saying a title like "The Price of Everything and the Value of Nothing." So yeah, yeah. Who okay. knows? Interesting. But yeah, that's a pretty good point. <clears throat> um, so the chords opening the track are, I think, are gorgeous. Very pretty. It, it's it's another settling point. Feels nice. It's a lot to like out of this track with the with the clean guitars that go through because they make up most of the song. Um, the distorted guitar playing on top of the uh, melody makes the song sound very blue, I think. And this is like earlier in the track, uh, obviously prior to the heavy version, but still um, or portion, I should say. But I, I it, it gave me a very blue feeling, not necessarily bluesy, like mm-hmm. as a music bluesy, but just it gave me the color blue in my head. Yeah when I heard it, but it was still nice. Although the guitar solo that came up later felt bluesy. So now I can like separate those two. Yeah. It, had, it had that kind of vibe about it. I think it fit really nicely. Um, especially as it didn't take up too much time, uh, either time wise or sonically. So I thought like it, it found a good place in this song. Uh, I did really like the intro or like the beginning of the song. 
Um, it sounded very nice and airy and kind of had like a dreamy sort of feeling to it. It did kind of remind me of an Incubus song from like the late nineties, but that's just sort of, I listened to it going, this sounds familiar, but I listened to that song and it's not as close as I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I did like the solo and I liked how it didn't have much of the main riff behind the solo because I I'm finding, and it is a little bit more prevalent going on that having that main riff consistently playing even underneath something else is kind of like, to me, it's kind of gross tiresome. So I'm really glad that that didn't happen here. Uh, still don't know how I feel about the, le- the electronic bits. Uh, I don't know if they will grow on me or if I will hate them, but I guess it was prevalent enough that I had to write something down and uh, the song is good. It just didn't like the other one didn't get deep into my soul. Like, yeah. it, like it could have. That's fine. But I just love how we're different, uh, differentiating or di- different. So we're being different uh, there. I can speak English somehow. <laughs> uh, we have such a difference on these uh, drum and bass sections that keep kind of coming in. I actually yeah. kind of liked it. It was like the sudden burst in the middle. I thought it was like a unique addition to it and kind of like yeah. made it feel a little different without going overboard. Yeah. Um, I love the sound of the manipulated bass that was playing along with it too. Like there was, it sounded like a synth bass. It could have been real though, but it was heavily affected regardless. Mm-hmm. I thought that sounded cool. I just wish it was a, a little more prominent because the bass part was like really quiet. Uh, and overall, I think this song probably went on a little longer than it had to. Um, this would have made a good song. It was like four minutes and 30 seconds, but I think it ended up being something like it's 532 altogether, something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, so if it was just a bit shorter, it would have been fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. It just, after a while, it felt like it was just dragging the same thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can say similarly. Again, don't hate the song, but just like sometimes you got to know when to cut off. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so song number eight, the title that people debate forever. CAFO, CAFO, I don't know. You, does, does anyone say SAFO? Does anyone pronounce it as an S? I doubt it. SAFO. SAFO. Yeah, Weird. I bet. Whatever, number eight, CAFO, that's what I'm calling it. All right. And I mean, those blisteringly fast, absolutely berserk sweeps are f- beyond fucking belief. Like... It's crazy. And then also watching him play those sweeps, like it looks like he's skipping notes and just like throwing his hand down the the fretboard like super fast and kind of just jumping with it. Like, I don't know. It's it's absolutely insane. This song doesn't fuck around either. Like it has such a fierce start and it just keeps going for like at least through what's the first verse, I guess. Yeah. Quote unquote verse here, because again, I don't know if it's section verse, course, whatever. But uh the first quote-unquote verse is really damn good. The, mel- the melody is energetic. It's fast. Uh, it's it's unsettling. Then you have the, like, the low-end chugs to follow in that pair excellently. Just what an experience to go through like the first minute of this song. I like the bass. Sounds good. That's, that's really... That's, well, okay, okay. We're, I'll, we're just, I'll, you know, I'll just let you say bass from now. I'm not going to correct you. I feel no, like no. a dick doing it. No, that's, that's fine. Um, I already, I'm well aware at the beginning that I have absolutely zero idea what I'm talking about at any point in my life, not only just this show. You can just put, like, edit, just guitar over my mouth every time I say it. Oh, I thought um, you wanted me to edit a zipper over your mouth. Because <laughs> you were doing this. So. <laughs> 
Continue. Anyways, um, I did like the drums at the beginning. That was promising. I was like, I, I think I'm going to like this one. Um, okay, what did I get here? The synth using chords to push a melody along during this repetitive part. Okay, I, I always say this, and then I read it. I read it again, going, "I have no idea what I was talking about." I think you're talking but, about the uh, the tapped portion after the very fast verse. Okay, good. Um, I do wish it lasted the whole time and not for just part of it, because I I really like those sustained synth chords because I feel like it adds like an atmosphere to it and it kind of fills it out a bit, and I like that a lot. Um, and then I put after that part, when everything slows down for a bit, that was nice. I like that. But yeah, um, I, <laughs> I'm starting to feel like these all are kind of sounding quite similar with, you know, disjointed guitar and drums with just like, I guess you use the proper term, the sweeps. Cause for me, it's just scaling up and down. And I'm just like, I, I just kind of want it to be a little bit more like melodic rather than just fast i guess um what is it uh, is melodic it's just it's crazy fast about it that's all yeah i don't know it's just the the consistent i guess tapping and everything i'm like okay like i you can play guitar sir it's okay i see this um now i i only have one kind of I don't know, issue. And they, I kind of came up every time I listened to this. Um, I would have liked it more if the guitar didn't pick like, okay, so I guess they're playing all the same riff in a way where the guitar was playing it, then the drums were playing it, and then either the low end guitar or bass was playing it afterwards. But it kind of melded together and it felt like a relay race where it's just you hand the baton off and then the next instrument plays the same thing plays the same thing uh that happened for a minute and a half and i was like i think i'm done listening to this riff right now thank god they cut it down they shut they just played something else like thank you are you by chance talking about towards the end of the song uh quite possibly i would say on the back end of halfway somewhere in there yeah, because it's hard for me to, like, unless I know exactly where you're talking about, it's hard for me to, like, yeah. imagine the timeline in my head. Yeah, unfortunately, I did not write it down for that one. But it's like if the if the guitar is playing, like, do-do-do-do-do, and then the drum's like, do-do-do-do-do-do, and then the bass is like, do-do-do-do-do, and I'm like, okay, like, okay, stop it. Play something else. I think I might much. know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it stuck out to me every time I heard it, and I was like, I just, no, stop it. But that's, that's really the only thing. And like you said about the other one, I felt like this one could have been a little shorter. Don't know where I would have cut it, but at about four and a half minutes, I was ready to listen to the next song. I like how it's, certain parts were brought back in this song, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Because uh, I'll go back to the, uh, yeah, the, the, the fast tapping after that first verse, quote unquote. Uh, it's, it's also accompanied by these like synth melodies, as you were talking about and everything like, I thought that acted as a good cool down moment without taking away too much energy from the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, the break in the drums when it's just the guitar and bass at one point, like it's like a good middle portion of the song, I'm guessing. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just guitar and bass. And it automatically put the drum... Uh, what this did is automatically put the drum break from uh, Come to Daddy 
by affects twin in my head just there's something about the drums just stop playing you just hear the guitars and the bass it reminds me a lot of the, uh, the same drum break that happens in come to daddy by fx twin so points to that big up to that because i really like that song uh god i'm gonna have to go listen to that later <laughs> uh the, the middle goes to this like this kind of halftime beat but yet still carries just as much intensity as like the prior portions of the song mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really good too, like just really smart composition with that. The quieter portions going into the the last third of the track is a good settling point. It's soothing. I can catch my breath, but then boom, you're like right back into the fire. So I mean like not too much settling in the song, but I appreciate the quieter moments. And then I just said, um, I don't mind the fade out ending, but to anyone out there who has seen Animals as Leaders live, the ending, uh, of the song live is much better. Because they conclude it a lot better. Oh. Because they they play that that outro for a little while, but then they st- like they kind of do the they do these like last rounds of chugs while the drum kind of goes goes crazy with these fills, and then they just end on two notes dead. That's it. It's over. But like it's Dang. it's a concluding chord though, so it feels like a good ending. Nice. Just wanted to point that out because I think yeah, the live ending is better than the track ending. <laughs> Maybe they figured that out and they're like, nah, we're just gonna do it this way from here on out. It's, it's like, damn, it's too late to go back and uh, change it. So here we are. <laughs> Remastered. That's the only thing that they have changed. <laughs> but then again, like, I guess every band has to figure out a way to end a song live. It has like a fade out. Yeah, and, yeah. Because you can't just like get quieter just, and quieter with your instrument. To the point where like the singer's whispering and like they're tur- using the volume knob on the guitar, turning it down. Yeah, just pulling the mic farther away from their face. Yeah. Drummer flips and sticks over to the brush side and starts tapping <laughs> things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see the issue. I see the issue. All right, so we're going to move on to song number nine, Enamoretta. I, I did not pronounce it like that in my head. I like that a little more. It sounds like Amaretto. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found that some parts flowed very well together. They, to me, they sounded on beat, and then it just sort of went off the rails, but then it came back again, so that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, God, oh, oh, there it is. Okay, I can grab the beat again. Um, I do enjoy more of that than an entire song of chaos, because I, I my brain cannot comprehend sometimes. Um, the drums really hold it together for me in the song. It just really, it kept my attention, so that was nice. And um, one minute in, the solo did not feel like too much. It felt it was purposeful, but it wasn't just playing because, or it wasn't playing too much because. So. I do have a note kind of like, almost like that, actually. I'll get there in a minute, but because I originally started off by saying like, as if this song was kind of uh, piggybacking off of CAFO. This this song does come in fast, but not nearly as intensely as Cafo does. Mm-hmm. So like it still gives you something to go with, but like you, you don't have to like worry about just insane chaos all over again. Um, there's a lot of good atmospheric synth going on in this track, and uh, with a really good cool uh, guitar riff kind of looping over top of it. So I think that's always good, uh, like a good addition to the song, and it always sounds like fresh every time. I don't know how, but it does. Yeah. But yeah, the solo, that I think it's, I have it written down that it starts at the 55 second mark. Yep. It starts off like all right in me, but like it, I felt it got better as it went and it started like matching more of the mood as it went. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. So there's so much about that solo to love what it does for this song. As I said, starts out okay, gets better. So 
points for that. Thank you for improving as you went. Yeah. You did your own homework. <laughs> um, I love how after the solo, you have like the synth come in and do like a lot of like the sweeping that the guitar would usually do, like this really fast sequencing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the switch up. It keeps things fresh once again. So it's it's always cool to hear that. And the same thing happens shortly afterward, too. Then the guitar kind of takes back over and shit gets like fast and heavy from there. Yeah. So I even made a note like, uh, I love the blast beats near the middle. Not really much of that happening on this album. So it's nice to hear because it fits so well. Blast beats are crazy. You got to be like, you have to be super technical to play those properly. And just like even following along with it, if you're playing guitar, you have to be like right on it. And you said that that on the album, these are programmed. So just imagine somebody playing them live, having to match a computer. Oh, and he can. I mean, it's wild. When I saw them live, it was uh, Naveen playing with them and he he did it well. And uh, I haven't heard the new guy yet, but I'm pretty sure he can. Yeah. And I mean, like, there are other bands who kind of do blast beats all the time, too, that are really good at it. Some people are just naturally born to do it. Yeah, that's wild. Their, their dexterity is, like, fucking insane. I don't have anything. I can't play anything higher than the 16th note. <laughs> I can't even I, play 16th notes. <laughs> I can't make my, my, uh, I don't, <laughs> I almost have lower legs. I can't make my legs match my arms at all. I can do arms. I can do legs until my calves hurt. But I cannot do legs and arms. I am lost. I mean, when I used to play drums, like I wasn't very good at it. But the, and the thing is, like, I realized very slowly that my my uh, left leg is slower than my right when it comes to like trying to do double bass. Oh yeah. So I can't do like that perfect double kick. So yeah. it'll, it'll it'll like start like normal enough, and you'll have like the syncopated pattern. But then it'll start doing this <laughs> because my matching. my left my left leg starts slowing down. <laughs> And That's so I was hilarious. just like, this isn't for me. I can't do metal drumming. Yeah, you're like, I'll stick to everything else. So, and I'm not, I'm not even very good at that. <laughs> Come on. Um, the breakdown portion in the last quarter of the song I thought sounded really cool. I'm not huge on, like, uh, this wasn't, like, a big metalcore breakdown type of breakdown, but, I mean, it still had that vibe about it. I'm not really huge on breakdowns, but I like this one. It sounded good. Um, the synths behind the guitar reminds me a lot of being underwater, so it kind of gave me two sonic kind of feelings while listening to it. Uh, I love the imagery that the instrumentals can create because lyrics can tell a story, but instrumentals make you feel the story. Yeah, so yeah. that's why these albums are so rewarding. Uh, I, I just want to definitely agree about the uh, synths coming in after that solo at the beginning. That was a sub comment. I definitely missed. Um, I feel it pushes the song forward and it would feel kind of, empty if it didn't have that and i really i i really value the synths in this album i like it they're not overwhelming they're not hidden they're used well and i like that a lot i'm just trying to recall the other animals albums because they have a few but i've only really heard like three or four but anyways like i'm just trying to remember like the synth work in it because again like when uh, Javier and uh, Naveen joined the band and became studio members, like the composition, the feeling of the composition definitely changed. Like there were still some similarities, but you can tell that there was like new ideas. Mm-hmm. So I can't really remember the synth work in the other albums as compared to this one. But like, yeah, it's much more noticeable in this, I think. Yeah, I, I could be it. wrong, though. I just don't remember. That's nice. All right. So song number. Oh, actually, I'll, I'll say real quick too. Uh, I guess one last note. It, in Amaretta was another song I felt went on just a little too long. Probably could have yeah. been a little shorter. But other than that, just kind of nitpicking, not that bad. Yeah. 
All right, so song number 10, Point to Point. Um, another very brief track. It only came out to a minute and 44, but despite being that long, this song works really well to utilize the time it has. Uh, mm-hmm. Good ideas are brought in. Nothing overstays its welcome. The heavy and clean guitars pair very well with each other, and the ending is just like this soft, sweet moment, and I love everything about it despite the length of the song. Um, this one is nice because it is not overwhelming wankery. To me, it feels like it's saying something. And even at under two minutes, this one was a very nice break from everything else. It was like that breath of fresh air. And I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, there was kind of a feeling of optimism behind the instrumentals. You can kind of hear just like the way the riffs were constructed, even like with the very low distorted notes. Mm -hmm. It still had something of a feeling of joy to it. Yeah, like it. I mean, somewhat strange to say for an instrumental, but it spoke to me. <laughs> I like that. Well, and, and as I said earlier, lyrics can tell a story. Instrumentals make you feel the story. So yeah. it speaks to you in its own way. Yeah. I There's like absolutely it. nothing weird about saying that because, I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the dumb pun, really. I I guess. Yeah. But I, I take it very literally because then I think back to uh, the emotional spill out I had about talking about another version of The Truth by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so yeah. I heavily agree. Excellent. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. Man. Sorry. That's just my diabetes fucking with my emotions. Now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. So, song number 11 Modern Meat. And even being longer than the previous track by only like 23 seconds. Uh, this felt like more of an interlude than point to point did because yeah. this was just like one classical like nylon string guitar. Like yeah. there's literally nothing else to it. Um, this song really should have ended the album, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it's a really nice song played on the nylon strings. Again, uh, it has feelings of both like to me, at least it feels like romantic and sentimental. Yeah, like very kind of personal, maybe even passionate. Uh, the playing out quietly. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've st- I didn't know if I needed to cough or not. Um, <laughs> the, the playing out quietly to close everything up would have done so well to wrap this entire album up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, it fell to the penultimate song, which I mean, that, that's fine, I guess. But I would prefer this to be the end of the album. It sounds really good. Would have been a nice wrap up. I I think I kind of feel the same, except I feel like I would have wanted this closer to the middle of the album. So perhaps right before the side switch where it's like, it comes down from the beginning, flip the side and then bam, you're hit with a loud song again. So I I kind of wanted it a little farther back, but I definitely see that it seems like a slow down sign for the end where it's like, okay, we're going to take you down a little bit, you know, not too much, but enough. And, um, this definitely gives me like solo acoustic smack on the guitar body for percussion kind of vibes. Like a Yoav kind of vibe. Yeah. I know like you probably don't know who that is, but still. There, There is this guy that I found on YouTube like 15 years ago, Andy McKee. And that's what... We all remember Andy McKee. Okay, if you're good. our age, you probably remember him. Excellent. That's what it reminded me of when listening to this. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm in for this. And uh, my first note just says acoustic exclamation mark, something different. I am optimistic. So maybe adds to the, uh, you know, the nice sort of light vibe. I like that a lot. 
I, I will slightly disagree with one of your points about coming earlier in the album, especially for yeah. like the album switch portion, because I think Behaving Badly did a good job of that, like reintroducing side B. It wasn't too intense, and it actually kind of came in with those like quiet synths that kind of built in, yeah. and the riffs weren't too heavy at first, so it, it was like a, a an ease into side B rather than just like, boom, here's Cafo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's the only point I will uh, disagree on. Yeah. And Are we allowed I to do that on this show? I, I was just going to say, <laughs> and I will allow it. Good clap clap. I did something right. Yeah. Well, that's that's fine. Just imagine behind me. It just says, "Don't be a dick." <laughs> the wooden odd. sign. Don't make me tap the sign. The invisible <laughs> sign. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I, I'm gonna have to. I there. understand that reference. Yeah. I, I I certainly hope a lot of people do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was it for that one. All right. Yeah. Same with me. There wasn't a lot to say. Again, it was pretty short, but really pretty sounding. I won't take anything yeah. away from it. Uh, so the final song on this album, the original release album, no, we're not doing the bonus tracks, but I'll get into that in a minute. Song 12, Song of Solomon. I like the clean tone. That gets a thumbs up for me. I like that. Um, now, I'm not sure if it's because they're not playing so high up the fretboard this time, but I like this more and constant high notes i guess it just sounds more grounded i guess it doesn't seem so flighty and so airy and i kind of like that sort of meatiness i guess mm-hmm. um i like how the song ends it definitely feels like a closing track at the end it just sort of you know closes the book i like that and uh i just just a comment on the entire album with this song Um, I feel like the whole album feels like a sandwich where I might not like all the ingredients that are in the sandwich, but the bread is so warm and freshly baked and it tastes so good because I know I like the first song and I know I like this last song that it's okay that there's a couple things in the sandwich that I'm not too fond of because when you put it all together, it is goddamn delicious. Well, I can't wait to see what you rated as the turkey and what you rated as the tomato, which is like the bullshit of the sandwich. (laughs) Come at me, tomato lovers. I fucking hate tomatoes. Anyway. You have to season your tomatoes first. Okay, like sun-dried tomatoes, maybe. Maybe. No, no, sun-dried tomatoes are disgusting. Okay, then you can go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> Song of Solomon. <laughs> I said come at me, tomato lovers. All right, so yeah. Uh, I also do like the the, the clean guitars in this one, too. It, it, I, I love how well they fit with everything kind of like being so heavy and fast. Yeah. It actually feels better without the distortion. Like there's, there's just something about it that works. So yeah, I kind of like how just tonally and just sonically, everything just sounds so good with this one. Yeah. And, uh, the synth sequencing is also really good too. I love the small moments added, uh, throughout the entire album. So I'm glad it was brought back this one last time. Yeah. Um, and like I said, with Modern Meat uh, being the ender, this song should have been the penultimate one. And then, like, once it does that, like, little tapering echoing off at the end of this song. Yeah. Go into the, like, the last uh, song, Modern Meat, and just it's a single spotlight on the stage playing it out. And then so oh. show's over. I can see that. I can see that. I would appreciate that so much more. But, like, not that I hate it for its placement on the album. Just, I think it would have been better suited just swapping it out. Um, the sequence loop behind the solo is probably the best part of the track, even though it's kind of like a little quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. Something about the tone is percussiveness and the way that it just keeps everything moving without feeling choppy. I think it's just like really well executed. So just another background moment that really kind of makes the song what it is, I think. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. 
Although this track was kind of giving me like deja vu vibes after a while. Not that it like sounded super familiar yeah. in the album, although like you still pick up ideas from other songs. But it still sounded good in its presentation. Uh, I guess it's appropriate for the song to feel this way because, I mean, like, with it being the last song on the album, it's, this song is kind of like a display of everything we've been given so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like on the way out the door, it's just like, oh, did you enjoy your trip? Here, take the pamphlet. Like, Yeah, yeah here's a keychain. Here's this. That Everything is branded the same way. So, and you also get your photograph at the end of the, the museum <laughs> tour. There's like, when you're back in this one exhibit and you took a picture in like this barrel going over a waterfall, you're like, yeah. ah, it's like, oh, that was a fun part of the tour, yeah. wasn't it? That's an awesome museum. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of what it felt like to me. So it didn't bother me as much that it gave me deja vu. And I'm just like, yeah, we're at the end. Just close it off. I mean, we're good. Yeah. So yeah, Song of Solomon, not so bad. Yeah, I can agree with that. And that's uh, that's all that I had. And that would be the end of the album. Psych! I mean, technically it is, but here's what's going to happen now. Uh, I know Savannah's not taking part in this. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but one song that's usually associated with this album that's unfortunately a bonus track, so we can't add it into our scores, but I adore the song, is Wave of Babies. And if you're an Animals as Leaders fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But to be fair to other albums that have bonus tracks that we didn't include before, I didn't include this one. But I went ahead and did a small review for it anyways. Non-canonical, but I'm going to lightning round through some of these points because I love the song too much to just ignore it. You have to put a graphic where it kind of looks like the price is right and it's got lights all around it that just says Chris's bonus round. Why did you give me more work? Because I am an, I am an ideal woman. I am not a follow-through woman. I have other I things have to do. <laughs> Yeah, All and then, right. I, then I watched this, and I'm like, damn, he did it. And you're like, damn, she watched it. Did you see when I put your picture in for Megadeth? Yeah. Do you see what yeah. I did? No. <laughs> okay, good. I looked at it and went, oh, good, he put it in. <laughs> you didn't see what I did with it afterwards, though. You didn't see no. the arrow pointing to the guy that says Savannah? <laughs> it's like the guy at the far right end of the picture, just this, Savannah. This hurts. <laughs> yeah, although, although, I am slightly disappointed that we're all dressed the same way. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's metal. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, enough yeah. about me. Now it's about you. I'll do a very quick rundown of Wave of Babies just because I love the song so much I couldn't leave it off of this review. So my lightning fast review. The clean, the clean super uh, reverberated... I'm re reading way too fast. The clean super reverberated guitars to start the track are great at setting this feeling of tension and intrigue. The heavy halftime verse does not disappoint, acts as a sign of things to come. The first solo just adds more chaos. If you aren't ready, already strapped in, you're going to fly off this fucking ride. The quote-unquote chorus, holy shit, that riff is beyond incredible, so much fun and aggression. Uh, and also it harmonizes uh, as it goes, and it just edges you harder. <laughs> I, I am at, this song gives me visuals, and I mentioned this to you off camera, a red stormy sky, black clouds, black tidal waves, and we're riding out this storm in a very fragile boat, and the waves are jam-packed with prosthetic babies. Everything is insane a.k.a. Wave of Babies. The clean guitar portion after the second solo, that fucking riff too, holy shit, I can't put it into words how it makes me feel, but it is so damn good. The super fast portion with the, the uh, sweeps is super dizzying, but I love it. The chorus comes back, and so do I. And then finally, super heavy ending with more great riff work. The cutoff is abrupt at the end, but fuck it, the song is a 10. That is Wave of Babies in a nutshell. That was a, I, what I assumed to be an incredibly abridged version of your real feelings. I don't think my real feelings had words. <laughs> just a bunch <laughs> of grunts and sounds. 
and like table smacking and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my lord. All right. So that technically wraps up the review for Animals Later self-titled album. Yay, we made it. Woo! Uh, so if you've made it this far, hopefully you've liked the episode. You like what we've been saying so far. Maybe you agree with some things. So you can let us know by like, comment, subscribe, rate, follow, share, anything that can help build the musical community and just make this episode popular. We want to know your opinion. Hell yeah. Album. And Your everyone favorite. must know ours. Share it to everyone you know. Exactly. Just take the link, paste it everywhere, even especially in irrelevant areas. Just, just yes. do it. Yeah, Don't. like Reddit, Reddit boards about uh, Hashed, cardboard uh, boxes or pastel. R slash titty drop. Here's Animals is later. <laughs> yeah. There Don't we go. Know what, I Don't know what that is. Not looking it up. <laughs> I personally, have, I don't even go to Reddit anyways. So, I mean, like, I've heard many people mention r slash titty drop. So, anyways, oh. now that that's happened, uh, yeah, do all that. Uh, let's make this episode huge, and we want to know your opinions. And we'll know even more of your opinions as we move forward, because it's time for the song rankings. Huzzah, huzzah, hooray, hurrah. So, again... Uh, not adding Wave of Babies in there, it would have been 13 songs. But So 12 songs to rank, and above our heads, boom, graphics have changed from 12 to 1, and as previously mentioned, I personally don't hate this album, I don't hate mm -hmm. any songs on it, just had to rank ones lower than others. Yes. So we are good to start, I will get things started now. The number 12, <laughs> Behaving Badly. The price of everything and the value of nothing. Alrighty, fair enough. Okay, song number eleven, Tessitura. Yes. Sweet. So you do, you put you put the band yes at number eleven. Okay. Yes. Uh, we matched Tessitura. Yes, number 11. we did. Cool. If we got another one, at least we have like a streak of at least one now. At least we have so many more to go, and it's not just matching on our second choice. Well, Thank goodness. This one won't match because my ten is oh, the yeah. price of everything and the value of nothing. And mine's behaving badly, so... Wow, <laughs> what a switch, what a flip. <laughs> behaving. This is, wild. this is wild. Number nine, Soroya. Uh, Inamorata? In so, I should have said Soraya, but yeah, yours is Inamorata. In Inamorata. Yeah. I could even be saying it wrong, too, but this is what I believe, Inamorata. Inamorata, I don't... Regardless, we know what it is. I like it. My number eight's Inamorata. God damn it. Cafo, Cafo. Kofefe. Way to resurrect that one. Yep. Yeah. I, I am the resurrector of dead memes from years and years ago. Where's the dancing baby then? Well, that's what I was imagining when you were talking where's the, about the song. Where's the Oh Really Owl from 2008? <laughs> don't, don't, don't make me link the hamster dance. <sighs> yeah, that's exactly. That's even, that's even older than internet memes. Yeah, moving number, on. Number seven, Song of Solomon. On Impulse. On impulse. Number six, modern meat. Point A to point A. Point to point. Yeah. Number, number five, thoroughly at home. Thoroughly at home. Cool, we got two. Mm -hmm. We didn't uh, say which, how, whatever we thought was going to match. We didn't do that this time. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't 100% sure, but I'm pleasantly surprised. See, I can say now that I, I thought it was going to be at least two, but then it sounds like I'm cheating, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I, I just wasn't even thinking of mentioning it, but when I was writing my notes earlier, I was just like, yeah, you know what? It's probably going to be at least two. But fuck, it doesn't count now. doesn't count. Nope. Number four on Impulse. Modern Meat. 
Moderna. <laughs> I yeah, literally wait, wrote the I wrote the A at the end. Fuck, we're not <laughs> talking about the drug here. Come on. Yeah, no, moving on. Uh, we just had certain portions of people tune out of the video. Sorry, oh, not God. sorry. Anyway, uh, song number three, Cafo. Soraya. Right. Number two, point to point. Song of Solomon. We got three, didn't we? Woo! Uh, Solo Man, or Solomon. Number one, Tempting Time. Tempting Time! Oh, yeah. That was definitely the best intro to the album, and I don't think anything following that beat it for me. And as I said, that last minute of the track of just like... The, the the way the, like the melody and the riffs were structured and everything like that and then just that that really crazy ending with like the the dissonant chord there just I I love it I love it yeah I was into it for sure so we got three I just got to check them off my list here no not that one thoroughly at home that's it yeah interesting fun I want to point out this fun fact I was going to do this a little while ago uh when I used to play WWE games a lot especially like. 12 and 13 when you could actually import your own custom music to mm-hmm. your console to make it your entrance music kafa was my wrestler's entrance music you can do that because wait 13, you could 12 13, and 13 13 is the attitude era one on the 360 right oh i was i was playing playstation 3 oh well screw that uh it was just called wwe 12 and wwe 13 yeah. 13 was the one with cm punk on the front doing that yeah, God damn it! I didn't know that. I still have that now. But I then after, that. I think, I think it was after that they they removed the options to do that, damn. so you can't import your own music anymore. But they used to have that. It was fantastic, and Kafa awesome. was my character's like running uh, entrance for forever. Dang, that's awesome! I didn't know that you could do that. The last time I ever did a create a character was in uh, the N sixty four No Mercy. <laughs> oh, I always do create a character. I, I much prefer yeah. that over choosing one on the roster. Awesome! That's I will take cool. the time to do the move sets and everything. Dang, I gotta do that now. Thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, was go a all feature. the way back to your PS3 or your 360 and play Ooh. WWE 13. Ooh, I will. It's the only one I'm good at. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, Wave of Babies was the real number one on my list. Uh, just, just gonna point that out too. <laughs> uh, that was that went without saying. Out of ten, really. that one was ten point five. Dang. <laughs> Uh, and actually, when we get to it, uh, I also did made a, a, a fake album ra- rating with Caf, uh, not Caf, uh, Wave of Babies involved. Obviously, it doesn't count. I have the original one. It's fine. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and get to that now? We can finally transition screens to rate the record. Yeah, yeah. Ta-da! Here it is for episode 22, as Animals as Leaders, the album rating screen. And I made a mistake last week. Uh, I thought Megadeth was prior to Bob Dylan, but it was after Bob Dylan. So that's in its correct spot now between Guster and Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah. I hope we get more D-tier albums around Bob Dylan so I could just keep doing his voice. No, could you stop doing that, please? I will and also, I could also I do David Stain's voice, too. No, I will, <laughs> I will fire you. Stop it. Do you even have the authority? Yes. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> anyways, I'll stop doing that then because we do have a record to rate today. Thank God. So obviously I, uh, well, not just me. I think we both said a lot of uh, pretty decent things about it. Yeah. I think we have a lot to say. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and prompt you to go first. Um, so I just got to preface anything just so you don't fire me. Um. Some I rated fairly high, other ones sort of in the middle, um, but we ended on 69.75. So you really just are hard to place. Just, just fucking, like, just far from 70. Like, so close. Yeah, so it would seem. <laughs> but 
I figured like you're going to rate it fairly high and that we would end up in like B tier and completely overwhelm that category. So 69.75, you say, huh? Yeah. That's fine and dandy because, yes, I did rate mine fairly high. I, I at least gave it an A rating or an A minus in this case at 82.5%. I would not expect anything less. So that means with the combined score of mine versus yours, or I guess added to yours, that comes out as an average of 76.12. So we are somewhere in the B column, probably around here, I'm going to guess, between Queens of the Stone Age and Ghosts. So we are between Pearl Jam and Cynic. Holy shit. Cynic is, was Cynic is 78 and Pearl Jam is 74. Wow. That, that actually, it's still, I guess I shouldn't be too shocked because I figured it was going to get like B-rated pretty highly at some point. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I popped it forward there. It's going to be there when I actually fix things up properly. It's not too bad. Really populating that B tier. I mean, that's not, that's not bad. I mean, B's still good. Yeah. I'm, I'm still curious to the day if we ever S tier an album. Ooh, I, I have one that I'm going to S plus tier, but we have to wait till next month. So guess we're going to have to, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Well, I can't say that I'm surprised where Animals Leader ended up. I was hoping it was going to be a little higher, but hey, you know what? I'll take a 76. That's fine. It's in the B tier, just below B plus, but hey, it is what it is. Yep. I, uh, heavy sigh. I, I heavy sigh because I can, I can feel the daggers and I just want to sink down in my chair. Do you like feel the daggers writing the scores? All the time, <laughs> all the time. And then I think, should I just lie? I could just lie, but I feel like I have too much of a built up history to lie. And you'd be like, bullshit, that's bullshit. There's no way you fucking gave this a 79. <laughs> yeah, I would immediately be like the day you actually a tier an album personally for yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be immediately suspicious. Yeah. Unless like, it's my album, and then you're like, okay, I've seen this. <laughs> you've, sh- you've shitted on all of your own albums that you've put on this show, so, like, unless it's the one coming out that you're talking about, then maybe, but other than that, I'm yeah. going to be very suspicious. Yeah. yeah I like no. we're building, we've been building that one for two weeks now, that there's this yeah. big album coming that you love yeah. so much. Yeah. Savannah's first A-tier of. album, show up, be here. Oh, hell yeah. I, I will bring a cake and a party hat. A big A-shaped cake. Yeah. I won't ask you, just A-tier. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right. It's going to be like one of those gold balloons in the back. It's just going to say A+. That works, too. <laughs> but we are at the end of the episode now. We've ranked the songs. We've rated the record. So thank you very much for sticking around, hanging out, and watching the episode. Uh, if you liked it, again, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, comment, share, follow, rate. Uh, any of those things that you can do, help build the musical community. Be part of it, because we especially want to know what you thought about this album. Uh, how did you agree with our or disagree with our song rankings and ratings? Uh, what do yours look like? Your album rating as well. Just let us know. You can let us know again down in the comments over on our socials at rate the record podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. Oh, that's probably not the best place to leave comments, but still <laughs> we're over there. You can still check us out. Uh, Twitter at rate the record, or you can even just email us for, if you feel like emailing us at yeah. rate the record or just rate the record at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, that's a big word salad. And I've already been talking a lot Better today. Yep. But before we let you go, if you're not aware, we like to give you like just a little 
hint sneak preview of what's coming next week. Uh, you could see in the waiting room from the uh, album rating screen that there's kind of a thing there. You might be able to guess, but Savannah has another clue regarding next week's because it's going to be her album pick. Woo! So if I did my math correctly, this album will be 34 years old, and it has been described as a hard rock, funk metal, heavy metal, and glam metal album with elements of funk, soul, jazz, pop, arena rock, punk rock, and rap. Just in case you were afraid of pissing off one particular fan base, you're covering all the ground. You know what? In for a dime, in for a dozen, right? That that means there's no excuse to hate this album. Everyone has to love it. Yeah, I it it touches upon every community, every part of the world, and you know what? You better like it. I better like it. If not, I quit. I I'm hoping to like it too because I know what it is, and I I I haven't listened to it before, so I'm actually kind yeah. of excited to uh, go ahead and check it out. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> same story with the other ones. I've not heard all of this one. I've heard some of it. I've heard a couple songs. Um. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm I need to push my musical boundaries and go beyond. And with this many genres in one album, why not? Something's bound to go right. It's fingers crossed that it does. (laughs) Well, we'll listen to that in due time. Uh, because that's going to be next week and that's all the time we have for now so thank you once again for watching we will see you next week until then listen to some awesome music like this animals as a leader's album so we will see you again soon take care friends Bye bye